bitches welcome back to that's the worst the unpopular opinion podcast today is monday october 14th 2019 some of us got the day off for white supremacy and others had to go to work today i.e um, we are back today to tackle a topic because we are now experiencing a full moon so things are happening in the world and so we're going to talk about the topic Oh, we're going to talk about the topic of astrology, but also we might delve into some other personality tests that might give us. um, Basically, what we're saying is that we can blame a lot of our mistakes and bad traits on things that are out of our control. So sorry, I'm an asshole. Which could technically, technically be an unpopular opinion. Yep. Not my fault. Um, But we have some breaking news right now to talk about because... Taylor Swift, the bitch herself, um, released her her Lover Fest tickets today at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard today Time. Is the, so let us just premise this with the fact that she made today seem like this super selective, like this is a pre-sale for my biggest fans. Like you can sign up ahead of time and you're going to get an RSVP and all this shit. And here we are. Got nothing. You can you know continue, because you've been I suffering just, through the process. Yeah, I would just, and I've been thinking about what I was going to say for a long time, so just mm-hmm. get ready. I would just like to know which bus Taylor Swift has taken, because I want to know where the hell she gets off. You know what? She <laughs> can fuck herself. You are literally, you have been in the music industry for 15 years. You're wildly popular and hugely successful. And you're going to make the people that actually like listening to you jump through several different hoops just to go to your fake festival that is literally just a stadium tour. And you're only going to give them four tries in the U.S. to do that. This is the most... This is the biggest power move I have ever seen done if by any performer. If you want to be selective with your amount of tickets, which she already is in her Tumblr page and like her fake her little like concerts and tiny desk and all that shit that she does and she only <laughs> releases to a few people. Like that's fine. That's really annoying, honestly, but that's fine. But for a literal stadium tour, just release the tickets. And you know what? Make them affordable. Nobody in the audience of a stadium tour should be paying more than one hundred dollars. Yeah. Nobody for for any performer. I don't care if fucking Jesus Christ came back to life and was performing Jesus Christ Superstar with um, John Legend and Chrissy Teigen was making some fucking fajitas on stage. <laughs> you are not paying more than one zero zero dollars. That is ludicrous. We so like- go ahead. I- I was just going to say, like, in terms of a stadium, like, if you're going to a concert, like, you're not getting any special perks that people get at sporting events. Like, you're not sitting in club seats. You're not in a box. You're just on a terribly uncomfortable stadium seat. And that's all you get. And you're staring at a screen. Yep, exactly. You're not even going to be able to see her. Unless you're on the ground level. I understand why those tickets are a little bit more. And, like, I would never pay that much. But 
like unless you're down there and she's like two feet away from you, you should not be spending more than a hundred dollars. Well, and I was just with my friend Richard who got he got into the live show at SNL a few weeks ago, which lest we not forget is free. Like you don't pay for SNL tickets. You do stand in line for a long time. So that's, that's, I mean, you suffer for it. Yeah. But you get in and she played for that audience. Like you, like Taylor, you are not a goddess. Like you're not this coveted human being, but we're making her out to be that. So let me just, let me just take you back a few hours. Well, both I and I, signed up to be like um, a special, what is it? Like early guests, early access or something. I don't know. You just like signed up your email with Ticketmaster. It wasn't that big of a deal. Um, And then yesterday we got a code that said, here's your code, sign on tomorrow. I reminded me that it said sign on at 3.30, definitely before 3.50, and then ticket sales open at 4. So I was like running back to my apartment. I was working. I wasn't working today. So I signed on at 3.45, and waited and I waited for three hours until right now seven o'clock when finally the number went down from it because it said the whole time you're waiting you're in line behind 2,000 plus people it didn't wasn't more specific than that so then finally I got into it into the Ticketmaster page and there's no um seats next to each other not even you can't even buy two seats next to each other so once again got in waited for three hours and you can't even buy two seats next to each other so then real they were there were some available within the same row so you could get two tickets within the same row both for 99.50 with um extra charges a total of 130 dollars. so that would be a total of 260 dollars for two tickets in the same row, we weren't even guaranteed to be sitting next to each other. And, but then I kept trying those, kept trying those, kept trying those, and they were all taken. So now there's no two seats even in the same row um, together that are under $250 each, which means that each will probably end up being around 300. And so over $500 for two tickets to this fucking stadium tour, this lover fest, if you will. For a trash artist. So, oh. Oh, hot takes by I, here we go. Um, so then, like, I, what are our other options? I guess I could I could get one ticket and then see, and then I can get in the queue and see if she can get her one ticket. But now the so the two tickets by themselves are at least two hundred fifty dollars. Those floor seats that I was talking about go, range from two thousand dollars a ticket to three thousand dollars a ticket. Ridiculous! I can't even. I literally can't like that's half a year of rent for two tickets. Like I'm not yep. like rent, 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 rent. <laughs> well, I'm not going to pay this much for Taylor Swift tickets. I just don't. She's so, she is going against everything she's supposed to. Oh, whatever. I guess she's never really said like she's for the people, but I guess she's always been kind of elitist. huh? Well, now she's proved that she's not for the people. But here's the thing. Okay. Taylor Swift, she's always like, I just do everything for my fans. Oh, my uh-huh. God, my fans. That's all she talks about. Yep. The whole fucking concert. Oh, my God. I just, like, would not be here without my fans. Uh-huh. And it's like, you're only going to have, like, 0.03% of your fans going to these concerts. So, like, just don't fucking go on tour then if you can't, if you can't and you won't let everybody come. 
And I say the thing that you said about how it's not a uh, festival. Oh, yeah. I think I've said this on previous pod. I'm sure I've said it before. Just reiterate, please. I will please. say it again. Uh-huh. So she's trying to have this whole free-spirited lover fest. Lover fest Butterflies, just, balloons. Like, I already had a flower crown in my Amazon cart. Uh, but she's having it in a football stadium. Yep. Two like, in the in one in L.A. and then one here, both football stadiums. And also, I did a little bit of research a while back, and she didn't even pick like she picked fairly like mid-sized football, football stadiums. stadiums not I even literally, the ones. I literally looked up like a Wikipedia article like largest. Yeah, Heinz Field is bigger. Yep. Then the one but, in like, Foxborough. But like, who wants to come to Pittsburgh? I think so, yeah. Or very oh, similar. my God. Hold on, now I want to see. Biggest of all. It's like you're picking, like, the trashiest type of venue ever. Like, it's never going to, like, you're never going to fit that vibe when you have, like, New England Patriots on the field. Exactly. And nothing, nothing about that is a festival. It is a concert. Okay. You will be playing a concert. The second largest stadium in the u.s is penn state uh, i'm sorry what yeah the second largest in capa- like people capacity is penn state Six <laughs> thousand <laughs> people yep okay you Alrighty. heard here first Oof. Wow, that was a that was a statistic that I truly I I was this years old when I knew that. Really, um, and then here we go. So Gillette Stadium, yeah, holds sixty eight thousand. Literally half of Beaver as Stadium. Does, as does Heinz Field, and then what was the, the other ones in L A? Yeah, L A. The Chargers Stadium. I don't know what it's that called. That one holds seventy seven thousand. So still like fairly similar. The one in D.C. holds more. It holds 82,000. My God. She's so stupid. She's literally an idiot. Like, I think she needs to, like, go get her head checked. I just want to know who's on her PR team. Most of the bigger stadiums are college stadiums, which is interesting. Oh, well, I wonder. I didn't I didn't know. I don't know for sure if that's where the Chargers play in L.A. That's just what I heard on the toast. I don't know if that's actually her venue, but we know for sure that it's Gillette Stadium over here. No, it's where um, the Los Angeles Rams play. Oh, whatever. I Just also like I we were I and I were talking about this yesterday, like the most we had so much fun at the 1989 World Tour in Pittsburgh because we could go for the day and like go for drinks and like hang out it's beforehand. Like in a, it's like in a it's city. In the city. What are we gonna freaking do on the commuter rail to Foxborough, Massachusetts? Like what? Bring a couple natty lights, like <laughs> pack a big backpack that you can't take into the stadium because nope. you can probably only bring like a little clear bag. Yep, exactly. Sit out of luck. You know what I was just thinking, and I should not say this, but I'm going to because I'm so annoyed with her. She's really setting herself up for a terrorist attack. <laughs> Kev. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she could get Ariana grande I'm just saying she's she released it so far in advance. They know that there's going to be a packed stadium. I just don't think from an emergency preparedness standpoint that Ooh. that was like – that that was a wise decision. Oh my Sorry. god, maybe 
Maybe that's how we could get in, Kev. You could have like your your <laughs> work go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh I'll my god. Get me a clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do something. I'm just so annoyed at her. And I, honestly, I don't I like this album a lot. I do like the Lover album, but it's not a stadium tour album. It's not no. like a banger like like screaming from the rooftops I think like, that um that concert that she did in Paris, like th- something like that. If she had done like yes. one of those in like every city, yep. every major city that she normally goes to, just do something small. Like it holds a couple, fa- like you'll be able to get like her biggest fans from like each city. Um, I just don't even like, she like when, what, what was it? The, the VMAs where she's saying you need to calm down. And it was like all those like, fireworks and like the big words and like all this shit that it's was like, just unnecessary well it takes away from the actual performance it's like you're pat like you don't need to have this big like theatrical performance no. anymore no nope. and if you're if you're so focused on being like an accomplished songwriter you don't sing need to, the damn song you don't, you don't need to have like a jojo siwa level performance mm. like her concert's gonna oh, look like oh that siwa. was that was such a good comment thank <laughs> you so much wow yeah. no like that's true yes yeah i'd at this point i'd rather go see jojo siwa live <laughs> and smoke <laughs> cigarettes with her in the back <laughs> <laughs> could chain smokers open for her maybe oh yeah <laughs> I love that. I am officially annoyed with Taylor Swift. Like, uh, annoyed. She, I don't know. I think that she has some real shit times coming for her her future. (laughs) The the concert is... uh, Speaking uh, of... Oh, sorry. Speaking of future. Yeah, exactly. Isn't she a Leo? What's her her astrological sign? Can you look that up real quick? She's a Sagittarius. Oh, right. Yeah, you right. already know. Yes, yes, yes. Can you tell us about the archer of it all? Oh, yeah. So she, I mean, there's not much to it. The archer is like the, whatever the creature of Sagittarius is. And that uh, was number five on Lover. Yeah. Taylor Swift, Sag- she's such a Sagittarius. Like, so, like, elusive. Yes. Like, dramatic. She, like... Literally one of the biggest Sagittarius traits is that they, like, disappear for long periods of time. Oh, and that's what she did. That's what she did. The other thing that we were talking about is that this concert is literally ten months away. Like, who who does that that I wouldn't even book a fucking trip to Asia ten months in advance. No, I wouldn't even, like... I don't even know what I wouldn't even I don't even know what 10 months in advance I could literally I could literally have a baby (laughs) (laughs) I could bring my one month old child to this concert (laughs) should I go back and look if there's three tickets together (laughs) yeah Wow, I am shook to the core right now. That was funny. I, woo. I'm dead sober. Too. <laughs> oh my god. Woo. Okay, everybody. Oh my goodness. 
All right, so let's get into our topic. A bit, so moral of the story is we don't have any tickets to see Taylor Swift anytime soon. So everybody, actually, I do have a ticket to a Taylor Swift bar night on Friday this week, so I'm excited for that. And you know what? That was at a reasonable rate of ten dollars. So everybody, else, anything over ten dollars, don't sign me up. I could literally, I could literally buy a plane ticket. And, and like and $10 dollars. and yeah, go to exactly. that and like <laughs> buy like a, a couple of drinks. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And can I anyway, start? Who, I can I like do I, the? I feel like I need like to take a pill or something. Like that really got me fired up. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Okay. What do you want to do? Go I want to do my overview of astrological signs. Okay. Let's hear it. Unless you had something that you wanted to um, start us out with. Well, thank you so much for taking my feelings into consideration. But no, you can go ahead. <laughs> this is why I don't take your feelings into consideration because I know what they are already. Sure. Go ahead. Sorry, my friend Helen just said I see nothing less than two hundred fifty dollars. Ah, I see they're all the platinum. Yeah, exactly. Um, I am not getting tickets. And what what else am I gonna say? That woman has some serious issues okay done all right let me just let's just go back one more time to see nope there's not any matching tickets okay all right western astrology astrological signs are the 12 30 degree sectors of the ecliptic starting with at the vernal equinox, one of the intersections of the ecliptic with the celestial equator, also known as the first point of Aries. The order of the astrological signs is Aries, Taurus, Gemini. Helen's not getting tickets either. Great. Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. Each sector is named for a constellation it passes through. Um, let's see here. Uh, sorry. While Western astrology is essentially a product of Greco-Roman culture, some of its more basic concepts originated in Babylon. By the 4th century BC, Babylonian astronomy and its system of celestial omens had an influence on the culture of ancient Greece. And then boiled down to us today so i'm just going to go through the signs once again pretty pretty quickly aries is a ram taurus is the bull gemini um, are twins cancer is the crab leo is the lion virgo is the maiden libra is scales scorpio is a scorpion sagittarius is the archer thank you ie for bringing that up earlier capricorn is a goatfish hybrid aquarius is a water bearer and pisces are the fish so uh, in addition, you can, you can um, boil your symbol down based on element. So the positive elements, which are supposed to be male and self-expressive, even though um, gender is a social contract, definitely not for astrology. The two positive elements are fire and air. With fire, the keywords are enthusiasm, drive to express self and faith. And that is Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. So once again, that is definitely Taylor Swift. She has a drive to express herself um, (laughs) and only herself. Air signs um, focus on communication, socialization, and conceptualization. And that's 
Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. Earth signs are practical, cautious. They, they value practicality, caution, and the material world. And that's Taurus, Virgo, <laughs> and Capricorn. And then water. So earth and water are both negative polarities. Water it, um, focuses on emotion, empathy, and sensitivity. And those are Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. So there's also three different modalities. So there's a cardinal modality, a fixed modality, and a mutable modality. For cardinal, the keywords are action, dynamic, initiative, great force, and those are Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. Fixed are resistant to change, great willpower, and inflexible. That's Taurus, Leo, thank you, i.e., both of us, Scorpio, and Aquarius, and mutable, adaptable, flexible, resourceful are Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, and Pisces. So there's this little um, flow chart that I will post later, but basically it breaks down the, the signs based on their element and their uh, modality. So I is a Taurus, so she is earth and fixed. She's very like, she needs things to be organized and stable, which is not happening for her today. So sorry about that, I.E. And Bye. I am fixed and a fire. So we're both, we both like um, an organized schedule, but you like your personality is a little more, more fixed and mine is a little bit more, um, you know, enthusiastic and yours is a little bit more say, practical. I was going to say erratic. <laughs> okay. Erratic. Is Maybe fine. this is going to turn into our roast episode. <laughs> oh buddy. Here we go. So um, just a couple more things and then I'll wrap up here. So Aries is, it starts in March, March 20th to April 20th. Um, is Aries, and then Taurus, which is, i.e., April 21st and May 21st, then Gemini, then Cancer, then Leo is July 23rd to August 23rd, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. So for all of these, we're talking about your, correct me if I'm wrong, i.e., we're talking about your sun. Yeah, so your sun sign is, like, your primary sign. Exactly. Right. So So that's um, basically like where the sun was positioned at the time that you were born. Right. So a traditional belief of astrology known as essential dignity is the idea that sun, moon and planets are more powerful and effective in some signs than in others because the basic nature of both is held to be in harmony. So astrology is, is your is all of it. It's your it's your sun, it's your moon, it's all of the planets and how they are interacting and so basically what this is saying is that some signs are very strong and others are not as strong right so i think i i don't think that taurus is like the strong i don't think that strongly takes over a lot of your life you know what i mean you know what i'm saying like it's not like a huge you're not a definition taurus you don't think do you think you are no, I don't. I think that I, like, I feel like I could let it take over, but I try to fight it. Okay. I don't know. That's good to know you don't think, because I personally don't enjoy being a Taurus. I don't think you're a typical Taurus. So the 12-sector division of the ecliptical ecliptics can, constitutes astrology's primary frame of reference when considering this, the positions of celestial bodies from a geocentric point of view— um, for instance, the sun is 23 degrees Aries, 
the moon in seven degrees Scorpio and Jupiter in 29 degrees Pisces. Beyond the celestial bodies, other astrological points that are dependent on geographic uh, location and time, namely the ascendant, the midhaven, and the houses, are also referenced within this coordinate system. So basically, it's not just your sun, but and we'll go into this when we talk about CoStar, but it's your moon, your ascendant, and all these different houses, which are the different planets, right? Are you still with me over there? No. Yep. Sorry. Okay. That's it. We were just—I was kind of feeling like that. Say, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Oh, okay. Great. Um, what I was gonna say is that. Um, my understanding of the astrological bodies plan. There was like more moot one. Okay, keep trying. You're doing fine. I'm I'm ta- I'm talking. I know, but you're just coming in and out. Can you not hear me? Are you? Should I move? Um, you were you were okay for a little bit. Okay, if it gets worse, I'll move. Okay. Okay. Um, that's what better. I, what was? It's better. Yeah. Okay. Um, what I was trying to say is that the the planets and stuff that are closer to Earth, there's more variance, like in between. Um, like people born during our time because there's like obviously more movement you know because they're closer to us so that's why like if you if you like compare our charts like a lot of like like pluto we're both like um sorry now i'm just babbling that really disoriented me um we have the same pluto is that what you're saying yeah, like, um, my Pluto is a Scorpio. Yeah, so like our Saturns are both Aquarius. Um, oh, maybe I'm wrong. I think I just made that up. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I thought that that was like a thing. Never what? mind. Just erase that part. <laughs> okay. All right. So then I'm going to go into um, some celebrities and which, so which celebrities share your astrological sign? Um, I'm not going to go through all these because there's a lot, but some of the big ones are Reese Witherspoon is an Aries, as is Mandy Moore. So Mandy Moore and Reese Witherspoon, as well as Lady Gaga, those are Aries. Um, and Chance the Rapper. Cool. Oh, and and Kourtney Kardashian. Hate her. Um, and Paul Rudd. Okay, so I don't really care about Aries that much. Let's get to Taurus. Here we go. Oh, I you're gonna die. I did not see this before. Jojo Siwa. No Taurus, way. That's surprising. That is surprising. That's very surprising. Um, Adele is a Taurus. Gigi Hadid is a Taurus. David Beckham is a Taurus. 
Tina Fey as a Taurus. That is very on brand for you. I, I knew that because we had the same birthday. Yep. Megan Fox is a Taurus. Um, I'm not going to go through. Kanye West is a Gemini. Amy Schumer is a Gemini. Angelina Jolie is a Gemini. Courtney Cox is a Gemini. Uh, oh, the, the MK and A twins are Geminis. Interesting. So is Nicole Kidman. Shout out to uh, Bewitched. Um, I want to get to, I don't care about cancer, but I do want, oh, except for Khloe Kardashian is a cancer. Hmm. Daniel Radcliffe is a cancer. That's interesting. And then let's get to the best sign, Leos. Jennifer Lopez, of course. Kylie Jenner, of course. Sean Mendez, Dylan and Cole Sprouse, um, Barack Obama, Jennifer Lawrence, Mila Kunis, and then I want to go, oh, Beyonce is a Virgo, let's see, Blake Lively is a Virgo, Um, let's see here, Bruno Mars is a Libra, as is Kim Kardashian. I don't I don't know anything about Libras. Like, I feel like I don't know any Libras. Hillary Duff and Gwyneth Paltrow. Now you've gotten it. Now you know a few more. Whoa. Uh, Drake is a Scorpio. Katy Perry is a Scorpio. Interesting. Kendall Jenner is a Scorpio. Wow. Hmm. Um, Scarlett Johansson is a Scorpio. Tyga is a Scorpio. And then there That's she is. Miss. Miss. Um, Big old lover fest herself is a Sagittarius, Taylor Swift. Oh, oh she's such also, a bitch. Billie Eilish and Miley Cyrus are, and Hailey Bieber are all Sagittariuses. And Nicki Minaj. Oh my God, this is blowing my mind. Wow. And Vanessa Hudgens. Wow. And Britney Spears. Oh my gosh. Wow, and what a crew. Hailey Steinfeld. Wow. That was a big Sagittarius crew. Um, we're on Capricorn now. Liam Hemsworth, John Legend. Bradley Cooper, Kate Middleton. Mm, nobody else we care about. We're on to Aquarius's Ed Sheeran, Harry Styles. Uh, well, a lot of, all the Brits. Ellen DeGeneres. Jen Ann is an Aquarius. Interesting. Oh, Chris will be happy about that. Um, Shakira. Ooh, just in time for the Super Bowl. Rihanna, Justin Bieber, and Camila Cabello are Pisces, as well as Simone Biles, um, Adam Levine, Olivia Wilde, Drew Barrymore, uh, and that's it. So those are my two articles. Cool. Thank you so much. Back over to you, I. I am so recovering from that terrible bluff blunder. No, I was right, though. I was just looking at the wrong thing, but I don't really okay. care to go into it again. That's fine. Um. Okay, so what am I doing here? Do you want me to go... What do you want to talk about next? Do you want to go through our charts? Yeah, let's do that and talk about CoStar. Yeah. Okay, so we both have CoStar. It's a cool app. We're, this episode uh, is sponsored by CoStar. I'm pretty sure that at one point I told you to get CoStar and you said no. And then all of a sudden you were like, oh, my God, I heard about this cool app called CoStar. So <laughs> How many that's times does that happen in our lives? Like literally once a day at least. <laughs> and it's getting it's getting old. It's getting worse is what it's happening. Why? Like, just listen, know. just listen to me. And then just if, if I would just shut up and get it. 
and not say anything like that would be one thing but I literally tell you to get it right it's like no this was not your idea like I have receipts I can go back and also I've I'm I'm done like sending you things that I see on social media because when I sent you that thing about Hillary Clinton reading Nancy Drew today like I knew in my heart of hearts that you had seen it but I just sent it to you anyway and your response was I've seen that (laughs) like (laughs) I I don't I don't mind (laughs) <laughs> confirmation bias <laughs> oh okay. is this psych 101 yeah, cognitive i don't even like know what that means okay so <laughs> blue-eyed brown-eyed study okay so i'm just gonna go through for each of us our um our suns moons and risings because those can are like al- the three three most can important. you also do venus because i think the venus is very um important it talks about like how you how you interact with your relationships, like your, you know, and that's just tells a lot about how you see other people. Okay. Sure. Thank you. No problem. Okay. So I will, do you want me to do yours first? So sure. you can get the initial attention. Yep. Because um, okay. I'm a Leo and I need attention at all times. Yep. Um, okay. So your son is in Leo and the sun determines your ego identity and your role in life. It's the core of who you are and it's the sign that you're most likely to already know. Your son is in Leo, meaning that you are fundamentally bold and proud. You love yep. attention and to be cared for. Yep. You pay it back in kind with your charm and your ability to make people feel better when they're blue. Literally you, every day of my life. You know what your skills are and how to use them. Yeah, it is. Days. It is in your first house, meaning that you feel the need to distinguish yourself from others through your yep. self and self-image. And because it's your first house, your son and Leo is hyper-present in your personality. True. Okay. So what you you were saying earlier that your first house means what? That it's like closest to the earth? Um. Or just, is that just based on when I was born? Like the day I was born? Because I'm an just, early Leo. Yeah, you are an early Leo. Um, it's just like the position of the, and I think, I don't know, the sun is just like most influential. I mean, when you think about it, all this shit's made up, so I don't really know. I, oh my God. <laughs> How could well, you just say that? technically is made up. Technically everything is made up. <laughs> wow, I'm getting hot, really existentialist here. <laughs> This was from no, I rooted in it. Babylonian philosophy, i.e. Okay, you know what? Jesus was nailed to a cross, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mary, the Virgin <laughs> Mary, everything in this world was made up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you want me to do my, do you want to like compare side by side? Sure. And then I'll do my son? Okay. Yep. So my son. Um, my son is in Taurus. I won't go through the first thing because it says the same thing. It's at the core of who you are. Okay, yep. so my son is in Taurus, meaning that I'm fundamentally stable, deliberate, and practical, though somewhat stubborn. My sensual side takes comfort and pleasure very seriously, and I appreciate nice things when they're useful and meaningful. Oh, I, that could not be more true. And people appreciate how reliable I am. Am I really you are, reliable? I think you are. I'm real I'm like selectively reliable yeah that's true um it's in my sixth house meaning that I need that I feel the need to distinguish myself from others through work routines and bodily health I don't really know about that I feel like I don't really identify with all of that 
I don't know. What do you think? Um, I would say some of it. Yeah. Some of it. Yeah. Some of it. Like stubborn. Yeah. But I'm not. But it's not like as much as you are with Leo. True. For sure. I don't yeah. know. Okay, so let me go back. Okay, so your moon is in Capricorn. So the Great. moon rules your emotions, moods, and feelings. This is likely the sign that you most think of yourself as, since it reflects your personality when you are alone or deeply comfortable. Your moon is in Capricorn, meaning that your emotional self is somewhat repressed in the name of responsibility, seriousness, and rationality. Hmm. You crave the guidance and comfort of a teacher or parent. Mm. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. It's in your sixth house, meaning that you find security and safety through work routines and bodily health. That must just be what sixth house means. I don't really understand the houses. Maybe we should look up what the houses mean. Okay, keep going. That's like, how your, that's like how your charts are set up, like by house. Yeah. Um. Okay. And then my... um. My moon is in Sagittarius, so call me Taylor Swift. Um, my moon is in Sagittarius, meaning that my emotional self is restless, self-questioning, optimistic, and independent. I may hide my sensitivities behind an interest in finding new ways to feel. It is in my first house, meaning that I find security and safety through self and self-image. And because it's in my first house, my moon in Sagittarius is hyper-present in my personality. Yep. I feel like that's pretty accurate. So the 12 houses, there are 12 houses in the Zodiac. There are, these are what they mean, or what they stand for, and the exact areas of life they govern. House one is your image. Second house is self-worth. Mm-hmm. Third house is communication. Fourth house is home. Fifth house is creativity. Sixth house is work and health. Seventh house is partnerships. Eighth house is transformation. Ninth house is higher learning. Tenth house is career. Eleventh house is personal goals. And twelfth house is spiritual self, growth, and undoing. Okay, so it's like when that sign aligns with that house. Then yeah, so you just said, what was, what was your moon? Sagittarius. And that is in your first house. So that yeah, yep. it governs you. It it rules your defense mechanisms and relationships and new environment, since those are generally a mechanism of the ego and your surface health. Surface yeah. self. So my moon my moon is almost like more prominent than my sun. Yes. Which because, which you would agree with. Yeah, I do agree with that. I mean I def like I said, like I definitely have Taurus like qualities. Yeah. And that's almost like cuz it says that your son determines your ego and like your ego is like what you are to other people. You're like subconscious. Oh, okay. Or no, is that your id? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> so, are we okay. both Sagittarius moons? No. You uh, what are was I? Capricorn. You're a Capricorn. Moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Let me go back. Okay, so your rising is also in Leo. Yep. Um, your ascendant is the mask that you present to people. It can be seen in your personal style and how you come off to people when you first meet. Some say it becomes less relevant as you get older, and it also changes every two hours. So if it doesn't make sense, text your mom to confirm your birth time. This ascendant is in Leo, meaning that you come across as bright, good-natured, and magnetic. 
fake. All right. Thanks, That's CoStar, me. for spinning that. <laughs> um, your energy makes you seem either like a know-it-all or the life of the party, but always the center of attention. That's true. very accurate. Yep. I don't mean that in an insulting way. It's no, just it's accurate. Fine. You yep. can't do anything about him. Okay, so that's your rising. And then... Um, my rising is also in Sagittarius. Well, I'm a double Sagittarius. Okay, so... Um, my ascendant... It means that I come across as independent, optimistic, and confident, though sometimes overly blunt or critical. True. Generally... Generally a charming conversationalist, my free-spirited approach may come off as restless or easily bored. Yeah, that's also true. Pretty true. <laughs> These are crazy. It is crazy how well it aligns. Yeah. Okay. Venus. Venus flood trap. Um, honestly, all of these are, are kind of interesting, but that's fine. And also, everybody go home and add us on CoStar. Yeah. I'm sure they'll just be rolling in, just like all those <laughs> new followers today. <laughs> oh, damn, we got a lot of likes, though. I know. Like, why didn't that generate anything? Like, at least one. Nope. No followers. Okay. So, your Venus is in Gemini. Yep. Venus determines how and what you love. It indicates how you express affection and the qualities that you're attracted to. Your Venus is in Gemini, meaning that your romantic side is dynamic, curious, and easily bored. You yep. love witty banter and may have trouble deepening your relationships. You yep. tend to be a bit timid and discreet with your crushes because they don't know how to be forthright. Mm. It's in your 11th house, meaning that for that for you, love is often expressed in social status, including platonic and casual friends, along with their hopes, wishes, and dreams. That is so true. That is accurate. very true for me, yes. Yeah. My gosh, it's crazy. Have you not read through these for yourself before? I think I have read through my Venus before, but it's just so, like, it just blows me away every time. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. (laughs) All right, so what was that again? Sorry, I literally just forgot. Oh, Gemini. The old me used to love a Gemini. Yes, 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 got it. What does that mean? Is that from something? It's a Lizzo song. The uh, old me used to love a Gemini, uh, like a threesome, fucking with him every night. Um, okay, my Venus is in Taurus. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yes it is. Um, I'm oriented toward comfort and stability, moving slowly and deliberately. Yep. That timidity often comes off as intimidating, but you just want something sweet and simple. Oh, um oh and then wait this is in my sixth house um which also says it's expressed through work routines and bodily health what the fuck does that even mean like that's how you so it was saying for me that i that's also how i deal with people platonically but isn't it that saying for you that that's how you deal with people at work too Which I think is true. Like, you're timid and you want it to be, like, organized and, like, structured. Uh, Taurus is boring. (laughs) That's what you were born with, i.e. You were born that way. So boring. 
As Allie once said, you were born that way. <laughs> okay. Well, let me see if there are any other ones that would be. Well, can you do um like the little the interplay between the two of us? Because I think oh, that's yeah. interesting too. Okay. So. Oh, I've never been through this app so much. Okay. So um. Okay, so it goes first by sun. I think it only does it for, like, the major ones, but it tells us, like, our compatibility. Yeah. Um, okay, I think this... Sorry, I'm just reading. I think some of this is, like, repeat. Yeah, it's only... It gets to... I think the third pair. Okay, so it says... Yep. Oppose, are you on this, too? No, no, no. I just oh. know because I just did it today. Okay. Opposing willfulness can make this pairing difficult. You can both be arrogant and have yep. unrealistic expectations of your friends. Mm-hmm. They need constant approval and admiration, which might be too much for you. you I need do. To feel stable. You do. Yeah, true. You need to feel stable and secure, which can make them feel fundamentally restricted. True. The possibility for connection lies in your shared appreciation of luxury and unwavering loyalty oh and that's yeah i the other person i was with today was also a taurus and that was very similar to what it says like you i need to be like i need the fireworks and you need to be like really grounded and like have a system and you get really annoyed with things that aren't like how you want it to be part of my system yeah but that sometimes makes me annoyed that i want to like move faster and do like crazier things but that doesn't that doesn't work for you. No. Makes you so, think. Makes you think. But that's why we just have to work to adjust. Honestly, I love I love just like the other thing is that um astrological science makes it easier for you to kind of critique people but not like rude at not as rude because I always say like, "Oh, what is your astrological sign? And then they'll be like, oh, I'm a Capricorn. And I'll be like, oh, that explains a lot. Like Capricorns are always like that, you know? And it can honestly, like, I think it can just help you. Like, I think it just allows you to have, like, a better understanding of people. So, like, yeah, we know, like, okay, these are the thing, these are the places where we differ, but, like, you can more easily, like, figure out ways to, like, make it work. You know what I mean? And it's just so unbiased because it's literally just like when you were born. Like there's no, there's there no way like, you can, cha- there's no way you can question it or change it. Right. Like we're going to go into the Enneagrams and which I do like Enneagrams, but you could take the test a hundred different times and like pick a different one. Like you are assigned at birth, literally like an astrological chart. And that's right. like what the cosmos had in store for you. So there's like nothing you can do about it. That's like the most unbiased thing you can do. Right. Although I, we, we'll get into it, but I like, I don't know. I struggle with that whole test because the I always. Enneagram test? For any test like that, I always find myself putting like neutral for everything. Like that's what I always <laughs> did with like Myers-Briggs. Like I feel like I never, I'm like. And it tells you, like, don't pick what you want to be. Like, pick how you feel. But, like, I'm like, I don't <laughs> I can't know. I do that. Like, yeah. I want to be this. But, like, I don't I think don't I am think right I now. Am. Yeah. 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 Um. Okay. Let me just go through our. Okay. Any so our. Or 
No, I was just going to go through our moons and risings real quick. So our, in terms of our relationship, sun is not really in our favor. Um, okay. Moon is, okay. This literally repeats the same. It basically just says you have to work to understand each other's moods and emotions. Okay. That's not helpful. You could say that about anybody, though, probably. Um, And then... Where is... Okay, it doesn't even show rising. Okay, never mind. That wasn't very helpful. (laughs) I think that's pretty much everything on CoStar. Okay, great. So basically, everybody should look up their astrological sign. Now that you know that I use a Taurus, I am a Leo. You can look at how you compare to us. Send us if you don't think you, um, you know, agree with your astrological sign. Just look into yourself a little bit. Take a little, take a deep dive. Take a little self-reflection minute. So we're also going to um, go through another system, which is called the Enneagram. And I is going to take us through a little description of that and what her and I are on Enneagram. Okay. So let me, I'll just give like a little Wikipedia Mm-hmm. That's our main. That's our main source here. Um, we actually have we have an exclusive relationship with um, Wikipedia, so we're yep. their primary podcast. W- WikiLeaks as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so the Enneagram of Personality, or simply the Enneagram, is a model of the human psyche, which is principally understood and taught as a typology of nine interconnected personality types. Ooh. Although the origins and history of many of the ideas and theories associated are a matter of dispute, contemporary Enneagram claims are principally derived from the teachings of Oscar Ichazo and Claudio Naranjo. <laughs> Naranjo's theories... <laughs> Orange, Naranja. Um, <laughs> Naranjo's theories were partly influenced by some earlier teachings of George Gudurjif. This is I should not be reading this paragraph. As a skip typology, ahead, skip ahead. Yeah, the Enneagram defines nine personality types, which are represented by the points of the geometric figure called an Enneagram. Okay, so it's a shape. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. I did not realize that. Which indicate connections between the types, and this is why, and this is something I don't fully understand because the type. The tests that we've done don't tell you what your wings are, but oh. your wings are like a part of it. Yeah. Um. So there are different schools. I've of always thought. just looked up afterwards what the wings are for this number. Oh, there are like specific wings for specific numbers. Yeah, it's part of the shape. Oh, I see. Okay, so I'll look at that in a second. Um, so it's been widely promoted in business management and spirituality contexts. So I feel oh, like it's interesting the the crossover. Yeah. So I think it's kind of like it's kind of becoming almost like a Myers Briggs, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um Okay. So each of the Enneagram types has a characteristic role. So this is like the primary role that you are as your type. Um, So I'll just go through those and then, which they're pretty like indicative of like what it means. So, um, so there are nine types. Type one is the reformer or perfectionist. Type two is the helper or giver. Type three is the 
achiever or performer. Mm. Type four is the individualist or romantic. Type five is the investigator or observer. Type six is the loyalist or loyal skeptic. Type seven is the enthusiast or epicure. Type eight is the challenger or protector. And number nine is the peacemaker or mediator. Interesting. Oh, this is interesting, too. They're all, I'm just, this is just the Wikipedia chart, but it kind of breaks down um, ego fixations, holy ideas, basic fears, basic desires, temptations, um, your vice or passion. So basically the nine deadly, they all align with one of the nine deadly sins. Oh, I did not know Um, that. Virtues. And then I don't know what this last number means. Can you just... Oh, go ahead. Hold on, I was just there. Here, there's an explanation of the wings. Um, It's like the literal Da Vinci Code. Like you draw a line to the other side. Okay. Can you talk? Can you say? I know that we haven't revealed which enneagram numbers we are, but can you just hold in your brain um, which seven deadly sin we are? Yeah, I'm gonna keep this up. Great. Because I feel like we'll come back to this chart. Okay, Okay. so do we want to say what we are? Yeah. Well, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I am a type six. Oh, and verified by what? So I took another test. Here's what I did today. So I've never, like I was saying, like, I've never felt very confident in my results because just because I feel like by t- through taking the test that I was very like all that, over the place exactly and it's a biased way of like determining what you yeah want. and I hate like I hate those kind of questions with like a scale um and like I said I always like I'm never like strongly in either direction like I'm either right in the middle or I pick like one of the like slightly agree or slightly disagree Um, unless maybe for a select few I was like passionate about, but, um, so I took it again today and this particular test was not like that first one that we took that basically gives you your top three. This one gave you your percentages of each type and the ones that I got, like I didn't relate to any of them at all. So I think that I was taking it wrong. Like I wasn't doing it like truthfully, (laughs) Because I was, like, looking for another answer. Um, so I went back to my... Because this particular website, I think, had really good descriptions of each of them. And I read, mm. I went through six again. And I was like, okay, this is definitely it. Okay. Um, so I can read through mine. And then I can find yours, too. Thanks. Yep. And this website also... Like, I know that you said you're one type. But I think that maybe, like... The other you think one. I'm another. I think you could be another. Okay. But we can see. Okay, so my types. I literally sent this in an email to myself. Okay, so the def- it gives like a bullet points of like the top qualities. Um. So type six, as a reminder, is the loyalist, which also kind of aligns with my Taurus. <laughs> Um, so my top defining characteristics are 
strong identification with a social group, organized and well-liked, good at managing finances, mm, not so much, <laughs> um, excellent team player, belongs to a tight-knit group of friends, clear communicator, and detail-oriented and precise. I think a lot of those are kind of accurate. Yeah. But not like, oh my god, like, this is me, you know? I'm a, to a T, like a type 6. Yeah, which a lot of people, I think, say they are. Which yeah. is, like, why when I was reading through yours, I don't know if, like, you I would be like, like oh my god, that's you. Yeah, and I don't know okay. if maybe you are any of them, but... Mm. Um, okay, so it says, what are loyalists like? Loyalists are dedicated and responsible individuals who are keen on belonging to a social group and finding their fit in the world. They can either it be is... phobic. What? Sorry, can you, go ahead. Can you, we'll save all comments to the end. Oh, yep. Yep, sorry. <laughs> they can either be phobic or counterphobic, which deals with their nervous energy and how it presents to the outer world. Here's how to tell the two apart. Phobic loyalists deliberately move away from the source of fear and tend to fly under the radar. They're open mm. and expressive about their vulnerabilities and weaknesses so others can understand their situation and line of thought. This is their hmm. prime defense mechanism to avoid being manipulated. Ooh. I can relate to that. And then the counterphobic loyalists, on the other hand, possess a high, strong, irrational fear of fear itself which may paradoxically translate to rule-breaking. They try to keep an image of independence on the surface, a tough exterior to shield their persistent internal uncertainty. I do not relate to that at all. <laughs> the count okay, so you can, do you want to say anything? All I was going to say was that it's interesting your interplay between the Taurus and the Loyalist. Because yeah. Because there are some clear similarities between those two um, yeah, personality sure. types. Sorry, that was all I was going to say. No, that's okay. Um, and then I'll just give um, the loyalist core values. Great. Sec security, commitment, and sense of connectedness with the group are what drives a loyalist actions. They stand strong by the people in their lives who have earned a spot in their hearts. Interesting. Seeking safety, loyalists value those who can reassure them of their importance and connection. True. That's true for you, I. Sorry. Um, trust is the most important value for loyalists with all the time they spend thinking up a flurry of hypothetical scenarios. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Knowing someone has their back is extraordinarily comforting. They seek peace within themselves, although this initially proves to be a challenge. Through trial and error, loyalists slowly build trust and confidence over time to effectively tackle any situation. That, like, that whole thing. I you should get that tattooed on your fucking yeah. forehead. It's like extremely accurate. <laughs> Not this is something that I like relate to and I don't like feel bad about. Who are your wings? Uh that I don't know. I need to figure that out. Okay, hold on. You can can you read mine and then I'll look up who your wings are? Sure. Okay, so Kev, you are a type 8, right? Correct. Yep. Okay. So type 8. Oh wait, do, I'll go to our I'll go through this other chart after. Okay. So type eight is the challenger or protector. Let me get. You have a seven, uh, number seven wing, I think. This okay. one, this one that I'm on right now is calling you the doubter. Interesting. Rather than what, what did it call you before the um? The loyalist. The loyalist, yeah, faith. Knowing, intelligent, refined, real, and brave. Okay. Um, all right. So I'll go through your defining characteristics. Okay. Um, 
So independent and self-sufficient, fierce and certain look, Mm -hmm. determination and stamina, very energetic and busy, fiery passions and power, stubborn and headstrong, and serious control over environment. Okay, maybe this is you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know if I read all of these. Okay, so that's pretty accurate. And then here's what challengers are like. You're goal-oriented and self-confident, challengers trail wait challengers trailblaze boldly through all walks of life and take great pride in their independence and sharp minds they hold their heads up high and will pick themselves right back up after each stumble stronger than before as children they may have been called bossy by peers they typically take charge during group projects aka like running around with the clipboard or (laughs) meetings and find themselves at ease in leadership positions um, the opinions of others will have absolutely no effect on their standings upon an issue as they pride themselves on being fully capable and self-sufficient. True. Yeah, but I think also like, well, maybe not like your beliefs, but I was going to say sometimes you can be a little bit of a people pleaser. True. So I'm sorry, just real back, real close, real quick back to you. There's so you either have a wing on your one side or on the other in in regard to the um, shape. So you either are a Enneagram six with a five wing or an Enneagram six with a seven wing. And that um, shows a little bit differently. What I was thinking about across from you on the shape is your growth and your stress. So I you're a number six. So your growth comes from the nine area and your stress comes from the three area. Which kind of makes sense because as an eight, I'm relative. I'm in between like your wing and your growth. What does that mean? I don't know. It's just like, like kind of within the shape. Like I'm, I'm helping you grow, but I'm also like a wing for you. What does a wing mean? I, I think your wing is like it just um, the the type of your wing is somebody that's like supportive to you. Oh, okay. It's a very weird shape. I'm just like staring at it. I'm like, I don't know what this is. Yeah, true. Um, Can you go back to the seven deadly sins? Hold on. I didn't finish reading yours. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, The last one is your core values. So competence, influence, power, and control. Challengers crave respect as opposed to status or being liked by the group. Mm. Challengers are set to make an impact Um, and won't back down. They pride themselves on their strength, honesty, and the truth. Challengers also possess an extremely strong inner sense of justice. Loyalty also plays a major role in challengers' value system. Wow, we're so loyal. They're devoted to those who have proven themselves over time and will stand by them until the end through hell and high water. When danger comes and their loved ones are in trouble, the challenger will confidently stretch their wings to protect them. Interesting. That's literally what you just said. Um, okay. So the only other one I, th- when I was reading these, that I thought you might be as the enthusiast, which is type seven. You thought I might be the enthusiast? Yeah. So. Which would make a little bit of sense because that's a wing that you could be a, you could be a six wing seven. Right. So the, def- I'll just read the defining characteristics, but okay. um, for a seven, but it says, Always on the go, wide range of interests, childlike enthusiasm and energy, curious, sparkling eyes, 
many Ooh. ongoing professional and creative projects, upbeat and optimistic, and well-liked and popular among peers. I think I want to be a seven, but I'm more of an eight. Okay. I think between the two, I mean, I think you have a lot of these qualities. So yeah, you're doing sure. well. You're Thanks. striving. Okay, so let me go back to... So wait, what are your wings? Um, it's on either side of you. Okay, so my so wings are nine, seven and nine. nine and seven, yeah. And then my, so I think my growth is seven. two, and my growth is two, and my stress is five. So you're pretty close to my stressor, i.e. Am I your stressor? I actually, would you, do you think Kush would be a seven? I think Kush would be divergent. Oh, okay. Oh, here we go. Insurgent. Oh, no, I don't, I don't really know. I don't know which one he would be. Okay. Anyway. He would maybe be an investigator. Maybe. Of the Hardy five. Boys. Okay, so now I'll go through our those categories that I talked about before. So my so for type six, the loyalist, my ego fixation is cowardice or worrying. Yep. Oh yep, and a half. <laughs> My holy idea, I don't really know what that means, but my holy idea is faith. Um, my basic Transfiguration. Fear is, my basic fear is being without support or guidance. My True. basic desire to, is to have support and guidance. Mm. My temptation is indecision, doubt, and seeking reassurance. My vice is fear. Oh, maybe the... Some of these are kind of deadly, so I don't know. My virtue is courage. Oh, all right, like, Gryffindor. Um, and then for you, your your ego fixation is vengeance or objectification. Oh, oh interesting. Your holy idea is truth. Your basic yeah. fear is being controlled, harmed, or violated. Oh, boy. <laughs> your basic desire is self-protection. Your temptation is thinking that you are completely self-sufficient. Your vice is lust. And your virtue is innocence. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if I 100% ascribe to that, but okay. No. Yeah. It's good to know. Wow. Um, This was such an informative episode. I know. I feel like I really, like, I feel like I just, like, journaled or something, you know? (laughs) Meditated. (laughs) (laughs) Quick Monday night meditation. Have this podcast is literally like our diary. That's pretty. It is true. A sad handwritten. A sad, a sad spoken note. That <laughs> um. Very cool. So, do you think that you you like your enneagram better than your zodiac sign? Um, I think I relate to it more than my sun sign. Okay. More now than that Taurus. I've, yeah. I'm over. Taurus is canceled. <laughs> I'm so proud to be a Leo. It would never be canceled. Literally, so, the bouncer at this bar I went to on Saturday night, I was he was like, I'm a Leo. I was like, so am I, bitch. Ugh. Do you think that there are any other signs that I would relate to better? Astrological signs? Yeah. Remember you were saying that one day, like, if you could pick your sign... Yeah, it, it, because in Four Weddings and a Funeral, she introduces herself as, um, like, Aries by birth, Gemini by choice. Yeah. 
I I think you're kind of a Taurus. Sorry. I thought you were saying before that you didn't think I was a Taurus. I said you're not a perfect. You're not a you're not a textbook Taurus, but I don't know if you do you think that you ascribe to a different sign? No, I was just taking a survey. Maybe like a Pisces? What does a Pisces do? I don't know. I was just feeling I was just feeling that one. You know what? I'm stubborn as a bull and I'm proud of it. Yeah, you are bull in a china shop. Bull in a china shop. For all of our listeners, I literally thought until last year that that phrase was a bowl, B-O-W-L, in a china shop. Like, I, a bowl in a china, a bowl would be in a china shop. That's That wouldn't be I thought phrase. it was saying, like, oh, there's all this china and then there's just this ugly bowl. <laughs> It is a bull in a china shop, like, like that just would be bad because it would break it all. Well, that's right. a stupid exactly. thing. That is a stupid, <laughs> stupid. Just call me phrase. a bull in a china shop. <laughs> well, I'm over here and I'm gonna be a bull. All right, can you sign us off here, bull? I would be absolutely delighted. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to our unpopular opinion about mostly Taylor Swift, but we did talk about some other stuff. (laughs) And thank you for listening to us self-reflect and critique each other. Yep. Um, If you have an unpopular opinion that you would like for us to discuss, or if you disagree with any of our previous opinions, most notably Joe Biden, Mm. um, let us know on Twitter at that's worst underscore home of the viral T-Swift tweets of today. <laughs> like, get on that shit. <laughs> Retweet, <laughs> bitches. On, um, or on Instagram at That's the Worst Pod. I did Instagram this week, so be nice. sure to check it out. And We're going to be us- coming at you um, next week with a debate episode, a debate recap, and then after that with a Halloween episode, and there might be one in between there, but those, those are our upcoming pods, just to yeah. keep those on the horizon. We have a lineup and a schedule. Okay. Um, be sure to leave us a rating and review. Yeah, that's really it. Um, we're Kevin IE, and that was literally actually, it wasn't really the worst. I kind of had fun. <laughs> <laughs> Deuces. <laughs>